and welcome to Women With Books. I'm your host, author, Lindsay Emery. Today's guest is Rita Award-winning fantasy author, Jeffy Kennedy, and I love this conversation so much because she had some really interesting things to say about genre, writing between genres, and what she believes women are looking for when they read science fiction and fantasy. It gave me a lot to think about and, and some things I'm still thinking about. Now, before we get to her interview, I just have a few notes about housekeeping. I want to welcome all the new listeners and remind you to sign up for the Women With Books newsletter at womenwithbooks.com. I provide exclusive content from guests as well as links to past episodes and hints about future ones. And the newsletter is a really easy way to share the podcast with your reader friends. I'm going to be wrapping up season one of Women With Books soon and taking a break over the holidays. So if there's an author, a guest, or a book that you really want to talk about in season two or want me to talk about, post a message on our Facebook page or call the number in the show notes. I'd love to hear what you're reading and loving these days. Now I've been working really hard to get all these episodes ready and releasing a new book and trying to finish another one. But I'll let you know about my new book. It's a Christmas holiday romance, Resisting Santa, set on Mistletoe Key, Florida, where Christmas is celebrated 365 days a year. Basically, it's what you get when you say, Hey, Lindsay, we double-dog dare you to write your version of a Hallmark Christmas movie, Resisting Santa. That's what I can come up with. Links to buy are in the show notes and... For the month of November 2017, all proceeds will be donated to Hurricane Relief. And the day this pod is released, my good friend and frequent collaborator, Alexandra Houghton, in fact, you'll hear her mentioned in the podcast today, she is also releasing her novella in the Mistletoe Key world, Blue Christmas. Like me, she is also donating her November proceeds to Hurricane Relief. So go ahead. Buy both Resisting Santa and Blue Christmas, get some Christmas cheer, and help some folks who are still rebuilding from Harvey, Irma, and Maria. Now, on to my interview with Jeffy Kennedy. Hi, I'd like to welcome uh, the wonderful author, Jeffy Kennedy. Welcome, Jeffy. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to be have you i have so many questions for you and i've been thinking about them while i've been on my walks and driving around town um i'm a big fan and i got to briefly meet with you at rwa last summer after you won your rita so congratulations again thank you so much it's been just a thrill (laughs) but i'm so excited to talk with you today because you have written a mix of genres uh from contemporary erotic romance to fantasy and fantasy romance and uh you've had a really interesting journey and our mutual friend Alexandra Houghton told me to ask you to tell us a little bit about how you got started writing oh she did yes (laughs) well it's kind of a long story but I was originally going to be a scientist and I was getting my PhD in neurophysiology, and I had a crisis of faith in that where I figured out that I didn't really want to spend the rest of my life in a lab, and I felt like um, 
if I could, if I wasn't going to do that, I didn't know what was what I was going to do. I only knew that that sounded like it would make me miserable, and I I had this total meltdown uh, at the Society for Neuroscience convention in New Orleans uh, at this huge poster session, which is where everybody has their research sort of up on the walls. And my advisor was giving me my thesis advisor was giving me a hard time about something. And I totally burst into tears and had to run dramatically out of the convention center. And I thought, okay, there's a real problem here. (laughs) And so I sat down and I asked myself, okay, well, if this is not what you want to do, what would be the perfect career? If you took away all of the ands and buts and shoulds and but if onlys. And I was very surprised to find out that the answer was to be a writer that that would be the perfect career. And I thought, okay, well, if that's what would be the perfect career for me, then I have to figure out a way to make that happen. And you did. <laughs> and you have. I did. It took a while. And I've been to, as you said, some down some different paths. But yeah, now I'm making my living as a full-time writer, which is pretty incredible. And is it accurate to say your main focus right now is fantasy romance? Um. Or would you call it straight fantasy? Yeah, it's my primary focus. Okay. Um, but I do have a contemporary romance series that I have going to. It's nice for me to be able to alternate genres. Mm. I'll write a fantasy book and then write a contemporary romance. I like to alternate long and short, and that just helps keep it fresh for me. But would you call it fantasy or would you call it fantasy romance? And what would be the differences between that distinction? Well... When I first started writing fiction, I originally started out in nonfiction as an essayist. But when I went to fiction, I was writing fantasy romance without really realizing it. Um, And it wasn't even that much of a genre, even back, you know, a few years ago. So I am writing both in that... uh, like my 12 Kingdoms and Uncharted Realms books are fantasy romance. I've just sold a new trilogy to St. Martin's Press that is fantasy romance. I also sold a trilogy to Rebel-based books that's high fantasy. And I turned in the first book on that. And the high fantasy book, um, the first one of that trilogy just has no romance in it at all. It's about the heroine's journey and it's kind of a harrowing journey it's sort of anti-romance in a way because she uh, gets involved in this very bad marriage uh, to a, a sort of this very sadistic king so with fantasy romance i often describe it as being straight down the middle between fantasy and romance surprisingly enough um, where if you took away either element, if you took away either the fantasy storyline or if you took away the romance storyline, the story would fall apart. So the story's equally reliant on both. Well, I've dipped my toe into reading fantasy romance in the last year, I'd say, and it feels very much like coming home to me because it reminds me so much of the stories I read as a kid. And, um, you know, I don't know how I got out of it and can't understand, you know, where it's been all this time. <laughs> well, well, let me guess. Um, Anne McCaffrey? Probably. Yeah. Um, 
But there was probably also, you know, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe and um Mercedes Lackey. Yes. Yeah. And Madeline Langle. I mean, that's not romance, but you know, all of those just sci fi fantasy kids books and then you get a little bit older and you think, Well, I don't read that anymore. I have to read only things that have been approved by Oprah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, serious, important. Yes, things have Well, I think a children. couple of things happen there. I think that there is that whole idea that genre uh, is not somehow intellectually satisfying or artistic, and therefore, if you're a serious reader, you don't read it. Um, I think the other thing that happens is, is, and the reason I pull out names like Anne McCaffrey and Mercedes Lackey is there are a whole lot of us who grew up reading those authors and you know and loving it loving that stuff but partly what you're describing by bringing in uh Madeline Le Ingle and authors like that who aren't necessarily romance is you're talking about fantasy that's more female mm -hmm. and a lot a lot of the epic fantasy that is uh, I, I have to choose my words, but I want to say it's pushed or is really popular. It's much more male-driven epic fantasy. Yes. And and while that's fun to read, it's it's not the same. You know the and I and sometimes I call it, it boy fantasy. You know stuff like you know Tolkien and Robert Jordan, uh, stuff like this where the male characters are the ones who have all of the interesting things to do and the women are kind of there to be trophies and decorations yes and maybe that's it i mean even if you're not you know specifically aware of that you kind of can get it from covers and reading blurbs or you know that maybe it's not the right story for someone who is interested in a woman focused story um and i wanted to talk to you because you're a director at large for the science fiction and fantasy writers of america right Yes. And I looked at their site and I was pleasantly surprised to see the number of women writers there on the board. Um, but I think a lot of women readers still think that science fiction and fantasy is not for them. So what do you say to those readers? And do you even try to convert them? Well, I, I would say, first of all, I don't try to get convert anyone because I'm a huge proponent of is that reading is one of the great joys in life and we should all be able to read exactly what we want to read i agree so i, I i'll always balk anytime people say oh well you should read and it's like no 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 the only should is you should read what makes you happy sorry oprah <laughs> yeah sorry oprah read what lights you up i mean it, it's funny because you know like with uh movies nobody ever says oh well I, maybe they do but you know there's much less pressure with other forms of entertainment. It's like, oh, well, you should only watch these movies because these other ones aren't intellectually stimulating. It's like, well, read what, you know, all the entertainment should be something that makes you happy and that opens up your mind. You know, that is interesting because we don't really get a lot of judgment if we go to a popcorn flick, you know, with the Avengers or Star Wars. But if you said that's all you read was superhero and science fiction, you would probably get some pushback from some more. Yes. Or heaven for fend romance. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at least science fiction and fantasy is perceived as being kind of intellectual, whereas 
romance is seen as being about nothing more than emotions, and we all know how silly emotions are. Ugh, stupid emotions. Such flimsy <laughs> little things. So, so to go back to your question about what would I say, I think that, and it certainly happened to me too, that I felt like I got edged out of science fiction and fantasy along the way. Um, because I did not like reading some of the stuff that was so intensely male-focused. And it wasn't that they weren't good books or that the stories weren't interesting, but I kind of got, ultimately got bored because I, I couldn't put myself in the story, and that's my favorite thing. I, I want to be part of the story. Uh, and, and I remember a number of disappointments in my teenage years reading science fiction and fantasy books where the female characters were just so horrifically flat and sometimes completely insipid that I would just get frustrated and go away. Uh, and what I would say to women readers who want to come back to it is, you know, the great thing about romance and romance writers is that by almost by definition, we put the heroine front and center. It's her story. So if you look for the ones with romance in them, you're going to be guaranteed that it's mostly about the woman. And then also there are fantastic women writers in science fiction and fantasy. And Sethwa, yeah, we have a woman president now. Our board has a number of women on it and also terrific men who are really committed to supporting female authors, supporting people of color, as well as some of the more traditionally celebrated authors, uh, who, you know, who might be white men, they're writing great stuff too, but we're trying to get everybody recognized. And so I think that there are a lot more lists now that are putting people uh, who are not the traditionally listed authors on there, um, a lot more stronger voices out there. It, it's really kind of exciting, all of the women's, you know, who, uh, authors who are being recognized in the Nebula Awards and the Hugo Awards. Have you seen a rise in people who are interested in fantasy and fantasy romance, maybe because of Game of Thrones? You know, I think so. And I had this conversation the other day with a friend. I think this is funny because it was probably five years ago. Where are we? 2017. So it might have been more than that. I think this was like 2010 at RT. We, we could look up what year Game of Thrones started because it was when it first started airing. That's about right because we're season, season seven now, right? I think it was about six years ago because I think it was... Well, we moved into our house about then. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, and okay. I remember, and I remember thinking we have to get HBO because there's this new series that uh, I want to watch with my husband. <laughs> See, you have your priorities straight. Yes. <laughs> so I was at the RT convention that year, and I went to the tour panel. Tour, of course, being one of the big science fiction and fantasy public. And I was, I had my fantasy romance book, which I didn't know was fantasy romance. I thought it was fantasy but I was trying to sell it back then. And I asked this panel of editors who were all young women. And I said, uh, ask them if they thought that the rise of, you know, Game of Thrones getting this very expensive HBO miniseries meant that there would be a more of a market for this kind of fantasy, you know, sort of long running fantasy with these sort of intricate relationships in it. And they looked at me funny and they said, well, that they guessed maybe it could, but 
you know, they'd all been reading Game of Thrones so long that it didn't seem like a new thing to them. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And and that's a, a funny perspective because I could see that from the science fiction and fantasy geek perspective. Yes, you know, George R. R. Martin started writing Game of Thrones, you know, Song of Ice and Fire back in early 90s. I think the first one was 94 or something. So, yeah, that feels like forever, but... You know, that's a fairly rarefied world. True. And when something like Game of Thrones gets on HBO, that moves into a much huger bubble of awareness. Yes. And a lot of women don't have time to now go back and read <laughs> all those big books. And, you know, the other thing that I think happened, too, and I get grief for saying this, but I think Twilight was pivotal. Yes. You know, and it's fashionable now to bash Twilight. But I know tons, tons of my readers, a couple of the bloggers who are really good about following my books and reviewing my books uh, were people who originally read Twilight and thought, I love fantasy. This is fantastic. I love this whole genre. Give me more. And they're grown-up Twilight. I don't think that's controversial. Not to me. The Twilight and True Blood, the vampires, I think a lot of people... It changed their mind from it was very something very scary and dark to something it could be played with and could and about women characters too yes that the women could have agency and could have choice between werewolves and vampires <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't want that well yeah i mean it's a difficult decision to make but you know a woman's got to have uh you know her criteria she's got to develop and figure out which one does she want the vampire or the werewolf i didn't have this question prepared jeffy but which one would you pick well you know i tell you what i i've always team i'm always team vampire okay although i love shapeshifters and i have shapeshifters in my books but if we're talking twilight in particular yes i was always team edward i don't know there were parts in the movies where I was almost on the werewolf side. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're just going for those abs. Oh. We know well, we'll get into that. We can get into abs. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask because I did read your book, Pages of the Mind, which was the 2016 Read a Winner. And I started there. I've been wanting to read Jeffy Kennedy books for a while. And I started there because it, they said it was the start of a new series. Right. Which it sort of is, but it's also part of a world. And it didn't make my decision any easier because I was like, now do I go back and read the rest of the 12 kingdoms or do I keep going <laughs> in this so-called new series? But I was, well, let me just gush for a second. I loved the characters. I loved that it was first person in the woman's point of view. It was a new kind of, um, what's it, setting? I wouldn't have expected the tropical island setting that I hadn't expected for uh, fantasy, but I loved it. The romance was very front and center, but then there was also kind of the mystery and the quest and the adventure and the political intrigue, and it had everything in it. And I have been noticing that you've got a new series starting. I think you already mentioned it, but it's also going to be in the 12 Kingdoms. Is that correct? Yes, that's the high fantasy okay. series. It's called. It's going to be called the Lost Princess Chronicles, and the first book is called Princess of Desneria. And so, readers of the books, if you haven't gotten to the next book, which is the Edge of the Blade, there's 
a story that's referenced in there of uh, a sister who was lost many years before that story takes place. And her name is Jenna. And so the Lost Princess Chronicles is about what happened to Jenna. I love the title. Lost Princess. Done. I'm in. Yeah. Your covers are gorgeous also, by the way. Makes me want to just dive in. So is this going to be eight, ten total in all this? Twelve Kingdoms? So there's the original three Twelve Kingdoms books, the original trilogy. Then it switches into the Uncharted Realms because I kept having more kingdoms show up. Uh, and so the Pages of the Mind starts the next phase. And there's three in that so far. Pages of the Mind, the Edge of the Blade, and then the Shift of the Tide, which just came out. And the High Fantasy trilogy, the Lost Princess Chronicles, sort of goes back in time and picks up Jenna's story. And all three of those books will be about her. It's Princess of Desneria, Exile of Desneria, and Warrior. So with nine books, possibly more, how do you keep it all straight in your head? Because you've, you've, you've created a whole new world. Do you draw maps? Yes. Do you have big diagrams? <laughs> I have drawn maps, but I've only drawn them for the books. Um, I did do, I did a map in the original trilogy. The Pages of the Mind does not have a map in it. But when I did the shift of the tide, I added to the map and expanded it. So that's in that one. Um, I do keep a world Bible to some extent. Mainly my assistant keeps it for me. She's an avid reader of the books and she rereads them often. And so a lot of times if I can't remember something, I ask her. Oh, nice. <laughs> I just message her and say, did I ever say who this person's father was? Otherwise, I pretty much keep it in my head. I have a pretty vivid imagination, and the world is very real to me. So if I'm trying to figure something out, I'm, I'm even doing it as I'm talking about it. I just close my eyes and oh, picture. That's beautiful. And the great thing is, is you don't have to research. <laughs> right, that's true. I I make a my one of my... Uh, favorite jokes is that I'm a big fan of the MSU con concept uh, the making I, I don't know if I could say sure go ahead <laughs> making shit it. up you know a big fan of making shit and up and then if a copy editor tries to tell you you're wrong you're like nope <laughs> you know I have the best copy editor in the world her name is Rebecca Cremonese, shout out and she works for Kensington and she does my self-published stuff and she makes these um, amazing style guides and we argue about things and in the end she concedes she does she's like okay fine it's your world whatever that's amazing she is oh, yeah she it's has great. fun when she gets to dive in to a brand new world she does i mean you know she could be just being nice to me but she always says how much she loves editing the books because she really enjoys them and the world and the characters too. Well, besides getting to make shit up, what is your favorite <laughs> thing about writing sci-fi or fantasy? Well, I think getting to be different people. I mean, I get to be different people in the contemporary stuff too, but uh, in the fantasy books, I get to be really interesting people. Like The Shift of the Tide my heroine is one of the tallest shapeshifters. It's Zinda, who does appear in the pages of the mind. Yes. 
And so, and because it's first person point of view, I really do feel like I ride around in their heads for the story. And so being Zinda, who can take the form of most any animal, and she can also do magic, and she's this very kind of wild person who comes from a, a not very structured society, uh, it was really fun to be her. I can see that. I mean, I would love to be a person who can take the form of a dolphin and go swim with the dolphins and then go fly around in the sky. And so being Zinda, I got to do that. And that was really cool. Do you ever have dreams in your character's head? Yes. Yeah. Um, in fact, a lot of my stories originally come from uh, dreaming about being that character. I love that. I've had a couple of those experiences and I know now to write it down as soon as I get up because even if I don't understand it yes those are gifts it, it might come in someday I need to pay attention to my subconscious if it's that loud <laughs> uh, it just needs to be paid attention to yeah so what do you absolutely absolutely what do you like gifts to read or what have you been reading lately what do you recommend to people um I read pretty uh a, a lot. I, I'm trying to think of the word I want because I'm a writer <laughs> and I work with words. Um, I, I make sure to put time in every day on reading because I feel like that's really important for me to refill the well. I just finished reading um, Lois McMaster Bujold, uh, Shards of Honor and Bariar. I've never read those. Uh, and that's one of her uh, heroines female driven stories those two uh and i really enjoyed those they were interesting um and then let's see what else have i do I, I usually keep a list I, well i do keep a list i keep a spreadsheet of everything i read and i put stuff into goodreads too but you know i i read pretty widely i've been reading um the biography of james tiptree jr who was actually a woman alice b sheldon who felt like she had to write science fiction as a man to be taken seriously oh that sounds fascinating really interesting biography to read oh i think that sounds like something i'd like a lot yeah it's um not a happy tale but boy is that a good book i do love a good biography yeah is it, it is a biography yes what do you recommend to people in fantasy romance if they are looking to get started besides jeffy kennedy books of course besides me <laughs> um well, Grace Draven mm -hmm. is also uh, writing really excellent fantasy romance, and she's a very good friend of mine as well. We have a lot of crossover readers between us. Uh, my favorite of hers is still Master of Crows. Yes. And let's see. Well, and this December, I'm going to be in an anthology with Grace and also Elizabeth Hunter and Thea Harrison. Oh. And the four of us are doing stories that are fantasy romances that take place over the midwinter holidays in each Ooh. of our worlds. And that's going to be available in December? Yeah, I think we're playing on like December 12th. Midwinter, love it. Midwinter. So that should be a good sampler of different people. You know, Thea Harrison's always been categorized being more paranormal romance because her stories take place in a more contemporary world with some fantasy elements but then she also moves into fantasy worlds so it 
you know, the genre gets sticky sometimes. I can I can imagine. Because I was just trying to think, I don't know how I would classify Elizabeth Hunter either. Right. She does a similar thing because she has kind of this fantasy world that's overlaid over our contemporary world. I mean, world. it's almost urban fantasy, but it's not as many not. swords or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it gets difficult to pigeonhole some of these. Do you think that that's a, a drawback in this day and age or a marketing plus pro? Yes. Um, I give a workshop sometimes that's called writing cross-genre and succeeding anyway. It, it does make it difficult because the marketers really want to be able to pigeonhole you. It makes it easier for them to put a cover on it. It makes it easier for people to recommend it. But, you know, if you're a storyteller, a lot of the times, you know, you're following where the story takes you and you don't want to have to be restricted to those things. So you, you kind of do it anyway. Yeah, and, and I think we all have to still do our job and recommend those things and just try to tell people to ignore <laughs> genre or what they think about the genre. I had that experience recently in the last year. Um, I loved Alona Andrews' series, the one that's Wildfire. Jake yeah, Daniels. well, I do love that oh. one too. But I knew my mom would also like the um, Hidden Legacy, the one that's set in Houston, because that's where my family's from. Yes. And I just thought... It was so cool to see a series like that in Houston. So I'm like, ignore the fact that there's magic and monsters. I'm like, just read it because, and, and my mom has said, <laughs> she, mom said she, she loved it. She, loved she, but I think the last thing she said to me was, I can't believe I'm reading something with, you know, weird monsters in it. I'm like, yes, but you love it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's such a good trilogy. I think Alona Andrews, Alona and Gordon Wright such great books. Yes, I recommend that one a lot as well. So would there be another book or genre that people would be surprised that you like? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know. I never can figure out what people are surprised by, maybe. I, I like most everything. I would say really the only genre I don't typically read are like mystery thriller stuff. And I will occasionally, but otherwise I read pretty much everything. And why shouldn't we? There's too much good stuff out there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jeffy, are you ready for the lightning round? Oh, okay. <laughs> Believe me, it's really hard and difficult. Is it? I'm, I'm kind of scared. No. All right. Would you prefer dark or milk chocolate? Oh, dark. Coffee or tea? Coffee. When, you, when your phone rings, do you answer it? No. <laughs> that is the most common answer. <laughs> is it? Okay, good. <laughs> How do you normally waste time on the internet? Oh, um, I, I would say first chatting with my friends, except I'm not sure that's entirely wasting time because I feel like it's important to chat with my author. It's friends. like water cooler. It is a water cooler. And, and it's a huge thing for, uh, you know, people who work alone, you know, like my best friend lives in Omaha and I've others scattered around the country, you know, Grace is down in Houston. So I message with them. If, if we're going to talk about unproductive wasting time on the internet, it would have to be like getting sucked into Facebook posts and BuzzFeed articles. <laughs> do, you take the, do you take all the quizzes on Buzz, BuzzFeed? I don't take <laughs> all of them. Just the most incisive, <laughs> interesting ones. 
Just the ones I can't resist. Would you rather a vacation in the mountains or on a beach? Beach. Do you call it soda or pop? Pop. Would you prefer, on a cover, abs, forearms, or a chiseled jaw? Ooh. I'm going to go. I'm a forearm girl. Yes. <laughs> there is a sizable contingent that isn't fan yeah. of those. A man's hands, boy. <laughs> Are you more likely to buy a book cover with abs or a beach? Oh, I'm going to say neither because I buy books almost entirely based on author or blurb. Okay. And the very important last question that will tell everybody exactly what type of person you are. <laughs> what are your feelings about turning to the last page of a book first? Oh, definitely bad and wrong and terrible. <laughs> yes, this is a very divisive question, I have to say. I could see that. I'm, I'm actually astonished that there are people who do that. I remember the first time I had a friend, I think I was a teenager, who told me that she read the end of the book first and I was completely and utterly flabbergasted. Me too. Someone yeah. I'm very close to, who I gave birth to, <laughs> told me she did that. And I... Where have you gone wrong? I, I definitely felt that way. I, I don't know. No. I don't know how... Who influenced her? Maybe it was her father. I don't know. Uh, well, you know, some children just come out bad. <laughs> I still have time. I'm going to try to rehabilitate her. There you go. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me, Jeffy. I know you're busy working on your next... 16 books in the 12 kingdom series <laughs> how can hopefully it how can be people that get many. in touch with you my website jeffykennedy.com and that has all of my social media links you can find me on facebook and twitter and so forth but if you go to my website i have the blog and i have the newsletter so those are pretty easy to follow i have to say i love your blog oh thank um, you it is, I have looked at it before I was preparing for this and then I was preparing for this and I got sucked in. You just have great topics of conversation that I think readers and writers can both Oh, that's great think to about. hear. You never know who's out there reading, so that's terrific. Thank you. You're welcome. And the next thing coming up for you is your anthology in December. What's yes. that called oh, again? I'm sorry. And then I, I almost forgot to oh, say oh, what? I, I have a book in the Sappho Story Bundle. That just came out yesterday. Oh, yes. I did see that yeah. on the blog. <laughs> that's right. So um, that's the first book in a series we didn't talk about, which is another fantasy romance called The Sorceress Moon yes. Series. And the first book in that is called Lonan's War. And that's in the story bundle. That's all with other SEPWA members, all fantasy books. Uh, it's on sale just until November oh, 2nd. So everyone better get on that. Yeah. And the money to that. Yeah, but you can get like a dozen books for $15. That is a great deal. Well, thank you so much. And maybe we can do this again sometime. I would love to. This has been fun. Thanks, Jeffy. Thank you for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please go to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a review. And if you want to share your love of a book with the world, you can go to our Facebook page and leave a comment. Or 
this is the fun part. I have an actual phone number in our show notes. Call, leave a message about a book that you love and you want the world to know about, and I'll try to play your voicemail on the air so that you can be a part of this podcast, which, after all, is all about reading and readers. This is Lindsay Emery on Women With Books. Keep reading. <laughs>